Kamala Harris drops out of the presidential race in impeachment gate 2019. Heats up. My name is Sean Clinton and this is the Guide of Freedom Show. Alrighty guys, I hope everyone has had a great week so far. Happy Friday. Um, and I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, but we have a lot to get to today, so let's not waste too much time here. So, uh, the first thing I want to get to is um, Kamala Harris. As you know, probably all know, Kamala Harris was one of the uh, Democratic candidates to run for president. Um, for a little bit, she was considered a front runner, but then she like dropped in the polls like very badly. Um, but um, was on Tuesday that she announced that she went, um, she is uh, basically dropped out of the race, no longer running. So, yeah, we bend her a fond farewell. So before we get to all like kind of the details behind, let's give her like some kind of dramatic like music and all that good stuff. We won't miss her. Alright, reality is that she was a terrible, terrible candidate. Like, and, like, she, yeah. I mean, that's all I say. She was a very bad candidate. Like, she, like, threatened to throw everyone in jail. I mean, she threw everyone, pretty much half of California in jail. So, I guess this it's in her blood. But, yeah, of course, you know, people were outraged as usual, saying, like, it's the most interesting part. Like people were outraged at Kamala because they were looking at Kamala as the new Obama or whatever. But given that Obama was a good candidate, and that's why he won. And while I mean he was a garbage president, he was he did campaign better than Kamala. I mean Kamala was just a terrible candidate all around. So, but of course the media is not going to take it that way. They're taking it as that this is all about racism or whatever. So like, so let's go like to actual piece from like I think the New York Times about this whole thing. It's so dumb. Hold on. 
So this piece of New York Times is titled Democrats ask, do we really want an all-white Final Four? And here's what it says. Senator Cory Booker um, strode outraged here with a question, one that voters, activists, and, and discreetly members of the Democratic National Committee are also making in the wake of Senator Kamala Harris's sudden departure from the 2020 race. In a year that began with the, the inauguration of the most diverse class of House Democrats and quickly built to a berry-breaking breaking lineup of presidential candidates, do Democrats want an all-white slate of top-tier candidates to be the face of their party in 2020? What message, what message is that sending that we um, heralded the most diverse field in our history, and now we're seeing people like her dropping out of this campaign? Mr. Kordberger asked a crowd here Thursday morning. He added that Miss Harris left the race not because Iowa vo voters, excuse me, not not because Iowa voters had the voice. Voters did not determine her destiny. With Harris out and Mr. Booger, the former housing secretary, Julian Castro, Representative um, Tulsi Gabbard, and the businessman Andrew Ng, yet to qualify for the Democrat December debate, and, and former Governor Deval Patrick Massachusetts too late an injury to have a real shot at stage. The Democratic primary is facing a reckoning. In two weeks, Democrats will gather in Los Angeles for the, a debate that is likely to feature an entirely white roster. That is not several candidates and prominent party members say how the party that emphasizes diversity and fairness should want to represent itself. So great. So great. Some blame the rules for qualifying rules for qualifying for the debates. The polling requirements give an advantage to candidates who can invest in extensive extensive television advertising to get their name out. Others know, however, the candidates of color in 2020 um, field have not drawn significant support from black and Latino voters. You wanna know why? Because they're all terrible. Both, well, I mean, the only two like kind of um, Democrats running in this race is was Kamala Harris and now it's Cory Booker. And both of them are terrible candidates. And like, no, they have like pretty much no black support whatsoever. Rightfully so. Mr. Book Booker has been particularly critical of the debate criteria this week. His criticism, of course, comes at a crucial juncture for his campaign, where missing the debate stage could, could prove unrecoverable. And while he makes universal appeals to reform the process, Mr. Booker also likely stands to gain the most by any change in the rules or bump in the polling following Mrs. Harris' exit. The push for a more diverse diverse field and to connect with black voters is, of course, directly linked to Mr. Booker's campaign. He emphasizes his bio, bio, biography on the trail. He spoke after the Thursday event of the pain his black family members expressed to him that feeling Miss Harris has been held to an unfair standard. 
it's really unfortunate that the party that's seeking justice, fairness, and inclusion has created a set of rules that could be undermined so easily, and also the rules that don't reflect ultimately what has determined outcomes here in Iowa. Mr. Booker said in a news conference following his speech, taking explicit issue with billionaire candidates flooding airways to justice juice their polling. In his hastily arranged speech, tacked on to his four-day swing in Iowa, Mr. Booker had the crowd of more than 150 applauding his calls for a more diverse slate. He made repeated pleas for support, even instructing voters to not, not to screen their calls when it became, when it might, when it might be a pollster on the line. Pick up the phone and answer, please. Choose me. He said. So, according to Coy Burger, what he's saying here is that in order for the Democratic Party to be diverse and everything, they had to choose him. The problem is that he's. I mean, he's not as bad as Kamala Harris, but he's still pretty bad. Like, he's, like, like when he when you see him, like, on the debate stage, like, he just over-dramatized everything. Like, he, he has overreaction to every little thing. Like, like Mr. Potato Head, like, put on Anger Guys or something like that. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. So, I mean, you, and when you're a terrible candidate, you can't expect people to be behind you no matter what the color of the skin is. But what Booker is saying, saying here is that if they don't choose him, that means that Democrats are racist. I mean, that's pretty much what he's been saying, is that he's calling the own, his own Democratic field racist if they don't choose him as the primary, uh, as the nominee, which is just sweet justice. Like, again, like, like, this is it's so hilarious and everything. Like for the for years, like Democrats have called like Republicans racist and all that, but now, now they're they're getting the brunt of it by these far left candidates calling them the racist. Now, I'm sure that's gonna go over well in 2020. I'm sure the Democrats who like are being targeted by this like who don't like Booker are so gonna feel like okay, I mean, yes, they call us racist, but we're gonna vote for them anyways. No. They're going to probably get fed up with it, like what conservatives did, and probably go for Trump. So, so as of right now, I mean, I mean, all who is really left in the Democratic field is just like, we got Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, then we got you know, Andrew Yang, um, Pete Buttigieg, Cory Booker, who's like very the bottom. Of the field, we got Amy Klobuchar, Tom Steyer, who I did not know who was even even in the race until the last Democratic debate. But yeah, I mean, the the Democratic field is just shrinking and it's getting worse. Like, like, um, for example, like uh, Elizabeth Warren, for example, like she has been dropping in the polls like pretty badly like I know like I've been saying for the past like couple weeks or so that she is most likely to be the candidate 
I mean, but after seeing the polling that that's been coming out, I don't see that happening. But I think at this point, I think probably Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. Now, as I've been I've been saying for the past like like few episodes or so, like I always thought like Joe Biden has had the best chance, stronger chance to beat Trump, but now. I don't see him being Trump. Like he's just odd, like very, very odd. So, like here is a video of him like talking about like hairy legs or something like that. It's so, so weird. And yeah, you know, this is gonna be just audio, of course, but. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what. See what I mean? Like he's just an odd, odd guy. And like for the past like couple of days, like or so, like he's been like going hard at the people who were like opposing him. Like people have asked him like, what's he had to say about his like son Hunter Biden being, you know, in the midst of this investigation of Ukraine or whatever. And like he's been like snappy and like, nasty to them. Like he like called the guy fat or whatever nonsense but at this point I just don't see him beating Trump he may have it may it's probably going to be competitive but I see still think Trump will pull it off at the end alright so while we got Kamala Harris out of the way let's get into impeachment gate 2019 yeah I'm 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 about very I'm done with this impeachment thing right now like honestly I've not been paying attention to it too much because it's just it's all nonsense like they have they got no reason to impeach him like remember all this started with um, back in July Trump made a call to the Ukrainian president and basically what he wanted is like he wanted exchange for aid he wanted to try to investigate um Ukraine's 2016 election interference which is something I think is legitimate to look look into um but to be fair though I mean Trump is getting Trump President Trump is getting bad information from Giuliani I think there's no supporting evidence to support um, Trump's claim on that whole thing but still I think still it needs to be looked to but, I mean, other than that, I mean, basically, what the Democrats' case is, is that he did this, he wanted to, in exchange for, um, in exchange for, to give the military aid, he wanted Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden in order to stop Joe Biden from being the um, nominee. There has not been any evidence to support that whatsoever. The only, like, yes, there was a quip or quo. Of course there was. 
but it wasn't there's you gotta remember there is only this not every not every quid pro quo is illegal and the quid pro quo that Trump uh, engaged in was not illegal or impeachable it was bad of course it was very bad he's getting he's using bad information from his lawyer to initiate some kind of quid pro quo but it's not impeachable so of course that doesn't matter to Democrats whatsoever. I mean they're gonna push this all they can, as as far as they can. And like Adam Schiff has mentioned, admitted as much. He basically said that he wants to. He, we can't wait for all the we can't wait all for all the facts to come out. We get a rush this in because every day Trump is in office, he's a threat to our democracy and constitution or whatever nonsense. And the idea that Democrats are actually doing this for constitutional reasons to solely support the Constitution and all that, that is complete BS. There, no. No, the only, the, what you're, what you want to do, all you want to do is one, they want to get them out. That's all they care about. They don't care about the whole legal stuff or they don't care about his character qualms or whatever. They only want him out because... He had the audacity to stand up to them in the media, and they can't have that. And he had, they had audacity to beat them in 2016, and they can't have that either. So, yeah, and that's what this is all about. That, like, anybody who says that Democrats care about the Constitution, that's why they're doing this, and all that is complete BS. And the reason why it's BS is that they actually got in some was on Monday or Tuesday, I believe. Again, I've not been pinching too much to it because I'm done with it. But they invited, they called on three college professors from Harvard. Um, law professors, actually. And all three of them were left-wing radical Democrats. So, and they claim to be, oh, these are objective law professors. They know everything about the Constitution or whatever. No. Nah, just not. Like, especially like listening to what they were saying and all that. That's not even close to being objective. Like they they offer no reason whatsoever to why Trump shouldn't be impeached. In fact, like most of them imposed. Like one of them said that from the very once that like, Trump was elected, that they wanted him impeached. So why these are considered like the top tier witnesses for impeachment I don't know like is, is I mean is this really what Democrats all all they have right here is that this all they have it just seems yeah right, sorry but it just it, it makes like no no sense, but I mean, I encourage them to continue to go down this road. Honestly, like go, go, keep going, keep going, and see where this leads you. Because I think in the end that Trump will probably be impeached in the House, but nothing will happen in the Senate. And I think this will ultimately backfire on the Democrats. Like I just don't, because America, the American people are not up for this whatsoever. 
again, but of course, you know, 2016, 2020 election is a year away, or less than a year away, so we'll see about that, but Democrats are, like, they're tuning their own horn, like, they're not, I mean, not tuning their horn, but they're, I mean, they're stomping their, their own feet during this whole thing. And, like, some of the kind of reaction from a certain Democrats by this whole thing has just been ridiculous. So, let's go to Nancy Pelosi. Wait, you know, I should understand. No. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, Nancy Pelosi is, um, as you know, the, uh, Speaker of the House. And she has officially filed for impeachment against Trump. So, that's, that's why I say that Trump will likely be impeached or whatnot. But here's, she was at, like, during her conference, like, she was asked a certain question about, like, because it's obvious the reason why Democrats do this is because they hate Trump. So she was asked to ask if she hates Trump. And here's what her response was. And let me actually find the clip. Hmm. Here is the clip for it. Again, just the audio. Representative Collins yesterday suggested that the Democrats are doing this simply because they don't like the guy. I think it's an important point. I think the president is a coward when it comes to helping uh, our, our kids who are afraid of gun violence. I think he is cruel when he doesn't deal with the, the helping our dreamers, of which we're very proud. I think he's in denial about the about the uh, climate crisis. However, that's about the election. This is about the elect. Take it up in the election. This is about the Constitution of the United States and the facts that lead to the president's violation of his oath of office. And as a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Uh, she says a trauma, isn't she? So, like, okay. So, if you, like, didn't quite hear it, I know it was kind of bad audio, but basically she said that she was asked if she hates Trump, and she said, no, she doesn't hate Trump, and, like, as a, she said, as a Catholic, like, how, like, 
how dare you say that I hate someone? How dare you? I'm offended by that. Okay, so having problems with this. So for years, Democrats have been saying that if, say, Christians, like, since, like, you know, obviously we believe that you know homosexuality is a sin and all that. It says in the Bible. And but Democrats say that because we believe that that we hate gay people. That's not true, whatsoever. But the moment we, when someone says to a Democratic, Catholic, or whatever, they say, like, like it's very bad for using the word hate in Nancy Pelosi in the same sentence. It's just so ridiculous and hypocritical. And this is this is why I just don't see the Democrats pulling off in 2020. In the House and Senate may be a different story, but in the presidency, I just don't see it. Because they're so awful. Like, really, they're very awful at everything. And they get offended by the offended by the littlest of things. So, if you didn't recall, probably, I think it was the last week, the Thanksgiving week, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Trump, um, Trump, uh, President Trump posted a picture, a meme, on his Twitter, and it was basically, it was a picture of him, like, hold on, let me actually find it. Okay, so it's basically a, f a picture. It was, um, I think it was a poster from Rocky Three. It's basically, um, Sylvester Stallone in the picture, but instead of Sylvester Stallone's uh, face, it's Trump's face. And, I mean, it's funny. I mean, to be honest, it's pretty funny that he posted that. Come on. I mean, I'm really surprised by this. Like, Trump posts memes all the time, so it's not surprising that it was hilarious. But, of course, people were offended by this. Like, they, like, saying, like, Oh, how dare he do this? Trump is evil for posting memes or whatnot. So, like, here is what some, like, some of these media sites had to say about this whole thing.
So here's a piece from the Washington Post about this. Wait a minute. Hold on one second. Sorry. Sorry, someone's over with the, the Washington Post for some reason. So, here's actually a piece from New York Post. And it's titled, President Trump tweets out, Dr. Photo of his head on Rocket Balboa's body. Seriously? Seriously? We're going to get into this again? So, here's what it says. Looks like someone's fixing the for a fight. President Trump on Wednesday tweeted out a doctored image of his head superimposed over the body of a chiseled rockabobo with a hard look. Um, Philly tomato can turn champion and immortalized on film by Sylvester Stallone. The Rocky Three poster inspired tweet came out as the commander in chief was reportedly playing golf at his Florida club while on Thanksgiving vacation at Marigalago. According to White House pool reports, the photo posted at 10:54 a.m. shows the six-foot-three, 243-pound president looking straight ahead with a competitive, combative look on his face over an image of rock of Stallone's ripped 5'2", 176-pound body, glove fists at the at the ready and a champion belt around his waist. It had no caption. Ooh. It had no caption. What was the context behind it? The White House didn't respond to a question about the significance of the photo, though Salone is known to be a big fan of the president. Huh. I didn't actually, I didn't actually know that. Hmm. Cool. I love, I love Donald Trump. The actor told Variety for a story on his Rocky spinoff, Creed, 2016, when Trump was still the candidate. He's a great Dickinson character, you know what I mean? There are certain people like Arnold, Babe Ruth, that are bigger than life. But I don't know that translate. I don't know how that translates to running the world. The president also alluded to his own purportedly robust health at his rally Tuesday at night at, in Florida, referring to his surprise visit earlier this month to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Maryland. Are you... Okay, I'm done with this piece already. Like, Are you serious? They wrote an entire piece about Trump posting a, a meme. A meme. Again, I mean, as you recall, four weeks ago, this same thing happened when uh, First Daily Water posted a meme. Of Trump getting the medal honor to Conan the dog, and that was very bad. 
But then Trump posted, reposted it, and now it's very, very bad. And everyone went outraged, like, how dare he do this? Like, he's trying to manipulate the voters or whatever. Come on. Come on. It's a meme. You do not know what memes are. Seriously, anybody who's on social media should know what memes are. But the only people who are probably outraged by this probably don't spend time on the internet. That's my only logical conclusion to the conclusion to this. Like, there's no way, or they just they're looking for something to be outraged about. So to mess. So to, to mess with um, the media and all that, and they deserve it full well. Um, the Trump campaign came out and said, basically, um, that the photo, no, the photo was not doctored. It wasn't doctored at all. It was a real photo. Obviously, it wasn't, but they're just messing with the media. But, of course, the media took it as, oh, they said it's a doctor. They actually, they, they actually believed that it was real. Ooh. But here's, here's a piece from Newsweek about this. Donald Trump campaign disputes claim that photo of President as Rocky Balboa was doctored. Donald Trump's re-election campaign has claimed, perhaps with tongue-in-cheek, no crap, that there is no evidence a picture of the President with a bot. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no evidence that the president with the body of Rocky Balboa was doctored. Team Trump accused the Washington Post of reporting that the image was doctored without evidence in a tweet. And it was in a tweet shortly after the president shared the meme of himself fictional as fictional boxing champion Rocky Balboa on the platform. The Post tweeted on Wednesday that it was unclear why the commander chief chief had published the doctor photo because he, he saw the meme and probably liked it and reposted it. That's what he does. For goodness sake. Responding to the Washington Post article reporting that Trump had doctored a photo of his head onto Sly's body. Sorry. Team Trump jumped in on, on jokes about the image tweeting Washington Post claims without evidence that real Donald Trump shared a doctored photo. The um, president's eldest son, Donald Trump, also had also had also jokingly suggested that the picture of his father, father with the body of Sylvester Stallone is, is legitimate. I've heard from reliable sources that it's doc not doctored, not doctored. He retweeted in response to the Washington Post on Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that that New England kind of write a piece about this saying that, ooh, they said that it was not doctored, that was real. Come on. I know they said that it was kind of jokingly and glad, but there were still some people that said, ooh, that sh the president actually believes that it was real or whatnot. They, they made the same claim with the Conan, the dog meme, saying that the, the president wasn't sure if it was real or not. Again, I'm pretty freaking sure that President Trump would have known if it that it was. 
that he gave the Medal of Honor to a dog? I'm pretty sure he would have known that. I'm just, just saying. So, I mean, this is how garbage Amity is right here. And I mean, this is why I'm still supporting Trump. Because he goes after the media and they so richly deserve it for stuff like this. And, and of course, and they want the media backs, tries to back Democrats every, every move. But it's not going to help them in the end. It's just really not. So, I mean, I know, I mean, 2020 is still less than a year away. But if, if I had a pen in now, I think Trump's wins re-election. I think probably Republicans will win out of the Senate. I don't know about the House, but we shall see. Hopefully, hopefully they do, but we'll won't know until November next year. I mean, it's gonna come faster than you think. I mean, this year's gonna come by faster than itself. All alrighty, let's get into some scripture. So we're gonna be in John chapter six. We're starting with verse one, I believe. Yeah, verse one and ending in verse fourteen. And so this is about um, Jesus feeds the five thousand, and y'all can follow along all you want. I'll be in the New Living Translation. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Excuse me. A huge crowd crowd kept following him wherever wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish uh, Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was uh, testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, "Even if we worked for months, we we wouldn't we wouldn't have enough money to feed them." Then Andrew, Simon's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy um, here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with uh, this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down," Jesus said. So they all sat down on the um, grassy slopes. The men alone numbered. About five thousand. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave them thanks to, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Everyone, and after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, "Now gather the, le- the leftovers, so um, that nothing is wasted." So they picked up the pieces and filled the twelve baskets with the scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people all saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we haven't been expecting. When Jesus saw they were ready to force him to become their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Okay. All right. So, obviously, like, 
I mean, if you, like, read, like, any of the Gospels or whatever, you probably know the story. Like, he feeds, basically, I mean, this miracle sign, he takes, basically, five loaves of bread and, like, two fish and able to make enough for everybody, 5,000 people. It's a pretty cool story. And I'm kind of, like, at the end right here where um, he says, like, he slips, like, into the hill by himself. Right here, and them, like, you know, they're ready for them to become their king, whatever. Like, I sound like, like Jesus, like himself, like why he was still God incarnate, like in God in flesh. Like he still needed to have like time to himself with the Father, and that kind of that's what we need to do as well. But overall, like you know, this story is really, really cool. Like, and it shows, like. If you like, I think it was a Matthew word that kind of goes in more detail about this. But basically, if you have enough faith in this, like, he's basically testing his disciples if they have enough faith, they would have enough food to feed everyone. And so, yeah, it's a really cool story. So, next week would be in John uh, 16, like, Jesus walks on water and all that good stuff. Alrighty. So let's get into some good stuff and bad stuff of the week. So some good stuff of the week is that um, if you um, Black Widow is now is now officially coming out in um, the um, theaters, which has been long awaited. Like I don't know why they waited this long to make a Black Widow movie, but better late than never, I guess. But if you haven't seen the trailer, watch the trailer. It's pretty, really awesome, really good. And honestly, the trailer alone is a hundred times better than Captain Marvel. So I mean, I know it's probably blasphemous for some people, but it is. I mean, Captain Marvel wasn't bad per se. It was mediocre at best. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. But it was not the best. It's definitely my least favorite MCU movie. But this movie looks really good. And it looks like a really good entry into the Phase 4 of Marvel. And I think, from what I've looked into, is actually... I always thought with the Black Widow movie, they would have gone back way in the past with like the whole Budapest thing. But they're not for some reason. I really want to know what happened to Budapest, but I guess we'll never know. But this apparently takes place between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. Like that two-year gap. Which is kind of interesting. The, the, the one I put there, but I mean, other than that, it looks really good. Can't wait to see. Can see what you see, and it comes out May in 2020. Alright, let's get into soon. Getting to some bad stuff of the week. So, some bad stuff of the week. This, okay, this was just stupid. It's insane. Ridiculous. So, Peloton, um, if you don't know, Peloton's kind of exercise equipment company. They have bikes, I think they have ellipticals and all that good stuff as well so they put out this ad the other day and it's basically the ad features the husband giving his wife a peloton bike for christmas and the kind of shows her like going on it like throughout the, the year or whatever so yeah um, that's pretty much the ad um but for some reason everybody was outraged like how dare this husband give his wife a Peloton bike. Like, is he calling her fat? He wants to put her under submissive, submissive 
his authority, he's an abusive husband, and all that good stuff. He sh- she should leave him and all that. What in the world? It's a Peloton bike. It's a Peloton bike, and and here's the here's the thing though, like what these people are outraged by this are assuming that they don't know what exercise is. The only thing that exercise is only frozen weight. No, but what the villa realized is that there's plenty of healthy people that still exercise. So maybe she wanted this bike. But twist, many people will want this want this kind of bike. Maybe like wives why their husbands to for this bike or vice versa. Vice versa. So why there's an outrage over this little silly thing just makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's so stupid. And this tells you just how pathetic our society has gone. Like, they get average over the silliest little things. From Trumpers and a meme to a Peloton back commercial. And over, to over, like, um, the Star Wars show on Disney Plus, um, Mandalorian, not having enough female characters in it. Okay, so what? It's good. I, mean, I haven't watched it, but apparently it's a good show. I'm not, but do plan on watching it, but, okay. If you define your life about, if you see, like, you define your existence about whether or not you see people of your um, gender or race in movies whatsoever, like, get a better hobby, like, redefine your life or something like that, because that's not, that's very minute Compared to other things that you need to worry about. Like, there's like so many, like, it's just so stupid. But, it's what you expect from outrage culture, honestly. It's like, but, over a Peloton bike, it's just, that makes no sense. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Alrighty, so I think that's all I have for the day for the most part. Um, so. Alright, before I go, I do want to make this little pitch. Um, you know, with Christmas time coming and all that, um, you know, you know, parents are you know giving their kids gifts and all that good stuff, and and you know, people like kids doing the Christmas with their families and all that. But unfortunately, there there are kids that are not able to spend time with their families like that. And those people, there's a kid with cancer currently in hospitals taking treatment and all that. So, <clears throat> so the best like way to really support them during this time, especially Christmas time, because it's definitely a hard time time for all of them. So, best way to do that is go through St. Jude Children's Hospital. They do a lot of good stuff with um, researching children's cancer and all that. So you can go to the website and click a. You do a once in um kind of a once in a thing um donation, or you can do a monthly donation like um, I do. Um, then you can pick however much money you want to give. But I really encourage y'all to um do some kind of donation to them. They they really deserve it. They need it. Need the money. So yeah. Alrighty, so before I go again, I do want to make this cool announcement. Uh, so now, 
um, I'll be officially taking the God of Freedom show into podcast form. So, it will be, this show will now be available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that and see where this goes. Um, it is going to take time for me to get all posted and everything, but it's going to be my two, like, goals for today is going to get it on um, Spotify and SoundCloud and then uh, kind of branch out from there. But definitely go check those out. And other than that, like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see y'all next week. Um, my name is Sean Clinton, and this is the God of Freedom Show.